Ooh, that's cold. Okay, that is cold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 112 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast. Now, this is, of course, a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. It's just me here, and I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. So why not follow me, especially over on Twitter, where you can tweet at me, you can DM me, you can send me your questions, comments, topics, whatever you've got for the show uh, as they relate to Overwatch, Blizzard games, video games in general, whatever you've got, I'd love to hear from you and bring it to the show. Now, We've got a huge show to get to. There's been a ton of news since last episode, which, you know, ironically enough, uh, the last episode was about the information that we do have sort of trickling in slowly. And now suddenly we have a deluge of new information to get to. So let's get right in there. You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends and all that jazz. If you do leave us a review, we'll bring it to the show. But of course, I mean, be kind. Five out of five only, of course. Full stars across the board. If you do enjoy what you hear today on One Man Watchpoint, please check out the Ready, Set, Bone podcast, where I am your third chair in a discussion every week about, of course, Vancouver Titans, Toronto Defiant, Canadian Overwatch League action. Over on Ready, Set, Pwn, we are your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant. So you can check us out over there and get all the latest and greatest news about that and, you know, a little bit about the Overwatch League in general. That's all I've got to talk about here in the rigmarole. So without further ado, let's get into some news. Now who's taking target practice? All right, so our first story of the day is going to take us on over to Dexerto.com with an article published by Declan McLaughlin, published on June 12th. And this article reads, Overwatch 2 reveals big changes to weekly challenges in Season 5. Now, of course, the next article is actually going to be about Season 5, but I wanted to just kind of touch on this because this does relate to sort of the game as a whole, not just Season 5, although it's coming with Season 5. So... Let's get into the article here. Overwatch 2 patch notes for Season 5 have been released ahead of the release of the balance changes and new content. The new season of content is fantasy-themed and will bring with it a new story centered around fan-favorite heroes and free legacy skins. One of the bigger changes set to come through with the start of Season 5 is how players complete weekly challenges. Challenges are designed to reward players with Battle Pass XP, earn in-game achievements, and unlock new heroes. The weekly challengers in Overwatch 2 are live... Uh, it should say the weekly challenges, but the weekly challengers in Overwatch 2 are live for seven days for all players and are more difficult to complete than the daily ones. Many players have had concerns about the weekly version of these challenges as their progress for the challenges go, f- go away after the seven days have been completed. After the Season 5 update, any weekly challenges that players have not finished by the time the seventh day reset hits will see their progress roll over to the next week for them to complete. But the changes don't stop there. Changes, uh, sorry, yes, challenges that require wins to complete will now just need players to complete a match instead, with a win counting as two games played. However, the total number of games required to complete these challenges will be higher moving forward. These changes should incentivize more players to finish their matches regardless of if they are winning or losing, as they will still earn points towards their weekly challenges, according to Blizzard. 
there you have it. Um, an interesting change, but ultimately, I think, an important one and a helpful one, if you ask me. Um, I am, I'm a big fan of allowing those weekly challenges to roll over. Um, it, it, it's interesting because it does kind of, you know, they're not really weekly challenges at that point. They're just challenges. I mean, I guess, yes, technically they do reset after a week if you've completed them. Um, and this does make me wonder if, okay, so let's say there's, you know, 10 challenges per week. If you complete three of them, do those three then move out of the rotation and you get three one, three more to replace those ones in addition to the ones you already have in progress? Or how does that look? Uh, we don't really know that yet, although I'm sure if I looked into it or, you know, went into the game and everything, tested it out and all that jazz, I'm sure I would find an answer to that. But overall, I think that's a that's a good quality of life kind of improvement. The other one that they talk about there, changing the, uh, the you know, win however many, let's call it, for example, win seven matches in a week. Changing that over to be complete the matches, but bumping up the number required, I think is also a pretty good change. Again, with them extending out that kind of week progression uh, or, or week-long, you know, uh, rollover of the challenges... It makes more sense that they would increase the number because now, you know, you don't have just a week to complete, let's say, those 10 matches, right? Now you, in theory, have however long it takes you to complete those, right? But on top of that, you don't actually have to get the wins. You just have to complete the matches. Yes, it will progress through the challenge quicker if you do win the match. But ultimately, I mean, we've seen that be the case with a number of the different challenges and events that they've had in the game uh, since the sort of tail end of Overwatch 1 even. So in any case, I like those changes. I think it's all around a good thing. Um, as the article points out there, you know, Blizzard is in part doing this as well to reduce the number of levers in games and things like that. Um, that does make sense as well. You know, kind of gives you a little bit of extra incentive to see a game through, even if you're, you know, in not performing well and looks like you're going to lose the match but overall just a good change uh, across the board if you ask me so moving on from there our next article is going to be the season five blowout that we all want to get to so this is an article posted on june 13th by max michelli over on daddy sports which reads all new overwatch 2 season 5 content events skins game modes and more so let's get into it Overwatch 2 Season 5 is poised to take players on a journey through a fictional land of roleplay created by Tracer's partner Emily, and there's a hefty amount of content for players to chew on, including some notable changes to the way Blizzard approaches the Battle Pass. Along with adding a Quest Watch element to the Season 5 Battle Pass, Blizzard is giving players a chance to unlock a Mythic skin before level 80 for the first time ever and level it up to give a greater sense of progression throughout the season. So they've then actually got the infographic here embedded uh, from Twitter. Sorry, they've got the tweet embedded, which has the infographic. So I'm going to pull that up, read through it really quickly, then we'll continue with the article. So from the Play Overwatch account, this was posted on June 12th. Uh, your hashtag Overwatch 2 Season 5 journey is about to begin. Take this roadmap to help guide you during your mythic adventure. Learn more, Season 5. And they've then got the actual link to the uh, sort of official announcement about this season. Do I need? Should I read through that? That could be interesting. I'll keep that up here just in case we want to touch on that. Anyways, the infographic, the important part here. So, of course, beginning June 13th, Season 5 starts. Embark on a mythic adventure. Battle Pass. So you get to journey through a Battle Pass story. Mythic Adventurer Tracer now unlocks it uh, and builds tier 45, 65, and 80. 
animated short in-game premiere is coming August 4th. Uh, they've then got On Fire Returns, Competitive Mystery Heroes, Team Q Mini Season, World Cup Qualifiers begin June 22nd. Then they've got some limited time events highlighted here. Winston's Beach Volleyball begins July 11th. Lucio Ball begins July 11th. Quest Watch Launch Creator Mode. Defeat the Demon Lord begins June 13th. And Prop Hunt Mischief and Magic begins July 25th. So that does kind of sum things up here, but I'm going to jump into the article again, give you the full sort of overview. So continuing with the article, meanwhile, new game modes, features, and the return of the summer games will make Season 5 a busy time for players that might have a little bit of extra free time on their hands this summer. With so much content to take advantage of, we've created a quick breakdown of what to expect this season to go along with the roadmap that Blizzard published Monday. Here are some of the biggest and best things to expect in Overwatch 2 Season 5. Quest Watch. The first thing players will notice when they enter Overwatch 2 for the first time in Season 5 is the new layout for the Battle Pass that includes a fun little side story. As players level up, they will gain access to new parts of a roleplay campaign akin to Dungeons & Dragons that Tracer is playing alongside a few familiar heroes. The canonical premise of Questwatch is that Tracer's partner Emily has created a campaign for Tracer to play with her friends, and players get to experience heroes embracing the roleplay game together as they earn cosmetics through the game's battle pass. Meanwhile, the added progression element is being paired with the thematically aligned Mythic Adventurer Tracer skin that unlocks at Tier 45 and upgrades at Tiers 65 and 80. Initially, players will earn access to light armor for the skin before unlocking heavier plated armor as they progress. Additionally, the season will start with a new creator mode, uh, new creator made game mode, sorry, called Defeat the Demon Lord, which will celebrate the roleplay fantasy theme of the season. The 4 versus 1 game mode will have four heroes fight a juiced-up, villainous version of Reinhardt, which appears to also be a part of the Questwatch storyline. Fantasy-themed skins and cosmetics. Cosmetics in Season 5 will largely fall into the fantasy genre theme of the Battle Pass, with at least a handful of shop skins also matching the theme. As an avid fan of the genre myself, the aesthetic we're getting from these Battle Pass and shop skins makes this easily my favorite overall season thus far in Overwatch 2. Many of the hero skins in the game are set to emulate the class or character you'd expect a hero to be in a D&D or fantasy MMO crossover. For instance, Lucio is getting a bard skin in the shop, and a battle pass skin includes Astronomer Zenyatta, Alchemist Mei, Royal Guard Genji, and GR Ifen Orisa. No matter what heroes you main, there's some fun fantasy skin action that is likely coming to at least one of the characters you play regularly, and I personally think they're all worth equipping. Summer Games. The Summer Games are back once again with a new beachy mode starting July 11th. Along with the return of popular sorry, Rocket League-adjacent Lucio Ball minigame, players will be able to participate in Winston's Beach Volleyball as well. Teasers for the new volleyball game mode aren't especially detailed, but the game requires as much mobility as real-life beach volleyball. Expect to be using a lot of high-mobility heroes to tackle what looks to be a fast-paced minigame. This is the first time the Summer Games are taking place in Overwatch 2, so it's unclear if they will last their typical three-week period or be a week shorter. However, the event will come with challenges that represent five levels of Battle Pass experience and a chance to get a tropical-themed Doomfist skin. Meanwhile, players will get a chance to unlock some legacy legendary quality Summer Game skins at no cost and the highly anticipated Lifeguard Mercy skin and Baywatch Highlight intro will come to the shop. Mini Competitive Modes Competitive Mystery Heroes is making a return in Season 5 after feedback suggested that fans weirdly enjoyed taking the rather chaotic game mode a little bit more seriously. 
The game mode was added as a mini competitive option in Season 3, and last season players had a short opportunity to play competitive free-for-all deathmatch. Unlike other mini competitive seasons though, competitive mystery heroes will begin today, June 13th, with the start of the season, and another mid-season comp mode will come after the mid-cycle patch. In response to more feedback players, uh, especially those in Grandmaster that have limited group queuing options, the mid-season com com competitive mode for Season 5 is a team queue. Sorry. Regardless of rating, players can group up as a 5-stack to try their hand at Blizzard's first attempt at a full team-only competitive mode. It's worth noting that a full 5 players is required for this competitive mode, so no 2, 3, or 4 stacks are allowed. I guess it's time to make some friends that I know how to fr that know how to frag out. So there you go. Uh, that's a bit of a breakdown of everything coming in Season 5. Um, to touch on a couple of these things, of course, I do think it's actually helpful to pull up that, that infographic. I think it uh, kind of sums things up nicely. So as the article outlined there, of course, uh, Season 5 has begun uh, June 13th. So by the time you're listening to this, at least a couple days ago, of course, on Patch Tuesday there. Um, but there's a lot of exciting sort of new changes. Um, of course... One that jumps out at me is the on-fire system returning, which we'll talk about in a minute here. Um, but another one is the tweak to the battle pass that they've made there with the mythic skin unlocking as you progress. Now, the interesting part that I hadn't actually realized was how they're tying this into the uh, to the sort of overall theme of things with with the Dungeons and Dragons theme and the idea of upgrading your character and upgrading your armor as you progress through the battle pass. I actually think that's a really neat idea um, in terms of quality of life, but also the fact that it does really tie into the theme. Of course, if you've played an MMO or an RPG or, uh, you know, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, it's all about upgrading your equipment, upgrading your armor, upgrading your look. Um, and so I actually really like how they have kind of modeled that after, uh, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or other RPGs like that. Um, I think that's that's a really genius idea. Now, the the underlying sort of foundation of it, uh, the the uh, progression through the mythic skin, is that something we could see in future seasons? I certainly hope so. I think that's a really good quality of life change to make that I think will incentivize people to really um, take advantage of. Um, I think it, it really... In the past, with the Mythic skin being only available at that final tier, I do think it really kind of set the bar high and made it so that there were a lot of people that were probably just like, well, I'm never going to reach that, so why would I even really try? Whereas doing it this way, I think tier 45, you know, I know that was in the past, that's been the tier where uh, you unlock the uh, new, new hero character on the Battle Pass. And... I think that was low enough. That's a low enough barrier or, or bar that people could see that and at least be like, yeah, if I play semi-regularly over the next two months, because typically a season is about two months long, um, I think that bar was low enough that most people would look at that and go, I could realistically obtain that. So having that be the first tier where you unlock the Mythic skin, I think is a really good idea because then you get that first sort of taste of it and you get to see, you know, even for someone who maybe doesn't necessarily jump into the battle pass and immediately check what the final reward is it gives you that little little taste right you see okay this is this is the mythic skin oh look at this there are other options to this but it you know for whatever reason it says they're locked right now 
So then you kind of expand on that and naturally you go, okay, well, how do I get these? Oh, tier 65. Okay. Well, that's only 20 tiers away. And then tier 80. Okay. Well, that's, you know, 35 tiers away. That's maybe a little out of reach, but 65, that's only 20 more tiers. I might be able to get that. And then sure enough, by the time you get to that 65, now you're thinking, okay, well, 80 is only 15 more tiers, right? So I do think that that is a really excellent change they're making. And as I said before, I really hope that we see we see them kind of stick with that progression system. I think that makes a lot more sense. Um, now, what else did we talk about in the article there? Uh, the quest watch theme, great idea. I do really like this sort of map overview. If you've been in game, you know what it looks like. Um, again, really tying the theme of the season into the game beyond just saying these these skins look you know along the same theme. Then, of course, the article talked about the skins there and the cosmetics. Um, again, this is a really awesome theme uh, that they're going for. If you haven't seen some of these skins, go check them out for sure. The Astronomer Zenyatta is fantastic. I mean, Zen has, I don't know how many great skins Zen has, but he's up there with, with the best of them. Um, Royal Guard Genji, uh, although a very cool skin, definitely high quality, uh, reminds me a lot of some of the skins we've seen for Genji in the past, so I'm not too crazy about that one. Um, there's the Alchemist May skin, which is a cool one, but for me was a little a little bit much. Uh, just felt like it kind of had a lot going on, and it didn't scream Alchemist to me, although she's got kind of, you know, potions and stuff like that. And then, I mean, the GR Iffin Orisa one, I think, was, was a good one. Didn't scream Griffin to me again, but it, uh, you know, once you look at it, it's definitely a cool one, so I'm down for that. Um, there was also Bard uh, Lucio, I believe they mentioned, which is cool, but again, you know, nothing too out there for for uh, Lucio, which I always like the, when the skins are, you know, a little more out there. So anyways, we got all those skins and they are looking good. Now, what else did we talk about? Summer games returning. Nothing too exciting there. Obviously, the exciting part is the introduction of a new new mode with Winston's Beach Volleyball. I'm curious to see what it is because we don't really know. But ultimately, I mean, I think I might play a game or round or two of it, but I doubt I'll be too into it. Lucio Ball's returning, nothing too surprising there, although the notable thing about this is we didn't get a Summer Games event uh, last season, or uh, last year, sorry, this time. Um, so exciting that it's coming back. Um, and then, of course, they're tying things in, right? Um, giving you the chance to earn five Battle Pass levels through completing these challenges. On top of that, getting tropical-themed Doomfist skin, right? They're they're really kind of layering on the rewards, and I think doing a good job of giving you plenty of incentive to actually complete these things, right? Just the fact that, you know, uh, this this kind of goes back to the Star Watch event there. Um, I don't remember what... It was It was after Star Watch. In, in Season 4, they had that event. Oh, it was Symmetra's Gardener Challenge thing, um, where if you progress through that, which... I'll be honest, wasn't too difficult, you know, a couple hours and you're done. You actually gained enough experience to get, I believe it was five levels. And I really like that they're doing that again. Um, you know, complete these challenges, you will gain five battle pass levels, plus you get a skin on top of it, just like they did with the Symmetra one. I just think that's a really good way to uh, encourage people to, you know, keep going, uh, complete these challenges. You get a little bit of a reward for each of those challenges. That ties back into the battle pass overall. You make progress through the battle pass. You suddenly look and, oh, hey, I'm only five levels away from the Tracer skin at 45. And and it progresses from there, right? I think these are these are just some really good changes they're making. Um, they then also mention that there will be a chance to unlock uh, some of the old or legacy uh, Summer Games skins. Legendary, I believe. 
that's always fun. I, I'm, you know, I am a fan of them giving you opportunities to get skins. That was one thing that I liked about the loot box system was the fact that, you know, play games, get reward. Yes, it became a, you know, very gambly system where, you know, it wasn't very re rewarding. Felt like you were always getting the same skins over and over. You'd already unlocked them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it was nice to know that I'm probably going to get a skin every time I get a loot box kind of thing. And nowadays it feels like you don't earn skins unless you have bought the battle pass. So I do like that they're, you know, putting some of these uh, older skins, um, you know, as unlockables kind of thing. Uh, there is also, they mentioned the Lifeguard Mercy skin and the Baywatch highlight intro. If you haven't seen these already, go check them out. They are great. And then, of course, they talk about the mini competitive modes. Now, I'm not I'm not too into those mini competitive modes. Um, I like the idea that they're calling them mini competitive modes because I think uh, competitive overall should just stay sort of in its own bracket. Um, I like the distinction on the main menu when you launch Overwatch, how it's got the quick play menu, it's got the competitive menu, and then the arcade menu and a few others. Um, but I like the idea that these mini competitive modes are Although I'm sure they'll fall under that competitive tile, I like that they're kind of shrunken off to the side a little bit more, just to distinguish them from, hey, you've got competitive open queue and you've got competitive roll queue. Those are your two main competitive modes that you probably want to be playing if that's what you're into. So anyways, um, was there anything else to mention there? Um, oh, of course, uh, the Defeat the Demon Lord mode, I gave it a try. Uh, it's better than the Life Weaver mode. Um, I certainly don't think it's on the level of Starwatch, although it's not, you know, it wasn't built out to be. This is very much a, a creator-made mode where uh, you can you can kind of tell it's um, made by the community, if you will, and the community at large. Um, it's not bad, but I certainly wouldn't spend a ton of time in it unless I'm earning, you know, Battle Pass experience or something like that, which I believe there are challenges tied to it, so I'll probably complete them just for, for that stuff, um, and we'll go from there. The one thing that I have not mentioned, well, sort of two things. Um, first, of course, World Cup qualifiers, June 22nd. That's exciting. I'm very excited to see what happens with the World Cup, but... The most exciting part of this season, if you ask me, is, of course, Mischief and Magic coming July 25th. I'm going to mark that on my calendar. I love a good prop hunt mode. I'm so excited for this. I love TikToks of, I want to say it's Rainbow Six Siege, um, their prop hunt mode. I can't remember if Call of Duty has had one in the past as well, but I just find it to be so entertaining to watch. So I'm really excited to jump into prop hunt. And uh, I don't even know what to say. Hide. Just just, just hide and avoid people. It's awesome. So anyways, that's a look at Season 5. Um, a pretty comprehensive one, honestly. If I jump into the article there from Blizzard, of course, overwatch.blizzard.com, June 12th, they posted Embark on a Mythic Adventure in Overwatch 2 Season 5. And they then break down a lot of that exact same stuff we just went through. So... Uh, I'm just going to read the sort of uh, title cards here, and then if I need to, I'll, I'll dig into those the paragraphs following. Join Tracer and her friends in Quest Watch. We talked about that. Defeat the Demon Lord. Of course, we talked talked about that. Oh, of course, the Demon Lord skin for Reinhardt is absolutely sick. Uh, Fun in the Sun returns. So that's all about the summer games, Lucio Ball and Winston's Beach Volleyball. Mystery and surprises await. Uh, they then there are talking about uh, some of these 
mini competitive modes, competitive updates in Season 5, Mystery Heroes Returns, getting friends together for competitive. We talked about that. New Hero Balance Preview, talked about that. Um, well, I guess we didn't talk about that. On last week's episode, we actually talked about uh, the, the patch changes that were coming. Um, it hasn't changed significantly from what we talked about then, so I'm not going to cover that this week. Uh, changes to weekly challenges. Of course, we led the show with that. Uh, visit the shop for free items all season long. That's right. Uh, so one thing I didn't mention, actually, um, I'll read it to you here from the uh, official word. Don't forget to check the in-game shop during select weeks to collect your free Overwatch Legacy skins. Sprint to the in-game shop from June 20th through June 26th and get Sprinter Tracer Legendary Skin. On June 27th through July 4th, you'll want to swoop in to claim the all-new Valkyrie Wings Weapon Charm from the shop. Did I skip one? All three are free. From July 4th to July 10th, you'll beat the heat with everyone's favorite summer treat when you claim the Sprinkles May Legendary Skin. So that that all three are free. There must be three Valkyrie win, Wings Weapon Charms. That's, uh, that's kind of cool, though. Again, I love the, even if it's legacy stuff, I'm all for it. Give give me all the free stuff. Uh, in this article, they do then mention Prime Gaming Drops, so I'll touch on those quickly. If you have an Amazon Prime or Prime Video account, you can log on to Prime Gaming and claim fun new rewards throughout the season. Starting soon, you can get a head start on Season 5 Battle Pass by claiming 5 tier skips. If you have upgraded to the Battle Pass Premium, you'll receive the rewards in each tier and get closer to unlocking the Mythic Adventurer Tracer skin. Later this season, you'll be choo-choo charging through the enemy lines when you claim your Conductor Reinhardt for free with Prime Gaming. But hurry, this popular legendary skin will depart the Prime Gaming Station before you know it. Then the next section is bringing the community together for more fun on Twitch. Um, Of course, here they're talking about Twitch drops. They do have another Twitch drops campaign going on. Uh, There's a spray icon, uh, Overwatch World Cup Home and Away skins uh, for watching Overwatch 2 from June 18th to July 2nd. So mark your calendars for that. Another campaign starts on July 11th with five Battle Pass uh, tier skips able to be uh earned and then of course they've also got the support a streamer campaign is running again where if you gift three subscriptions to your favorite twitch streamers you can earn the legendary totally 80 skin for zarya and that's from july 24th to august 9th tons of stuff happening there then at the very end of this article they have a couple of paragraphs here about what's coming after that even a look into Overwatch 2 Invasion with a brand new animated short. Be sure to keep your eyes on the horizon for what is to come with Overwatch 2 Invasion. On August 4th, log on to Overwatch 2 to watch our brand new animated short featuring Sojourn premiering exclusively in the game client. You'll get a glimpse into the action you can expect when Overwatch 2 Invasion launches the following week. We'll also have free rewards when you log in, including a new emote for Sojourn. As we lead up to the launch of our new story missions, be sure to check out for news updates including an upcoming live stream new blogs and more so pick up your dice roll on in for new adventures and begin your journey to knighthood so i'm actually glad i quickly blazed through that because there was a ton of good information in there the interesting thing about this of course you may have noticed that i started with the season five information that's not actually the way that they rolled out this information so, of course, on uh, Sunday there, it would have been June, what, June 11th? Yep. Uh, I believe it was Sunday anyways. 
uh, Xbox had a Summer Games Fest uh, presentation where they talked for something like an hour and a half or so about all their upcoming slate of games. Now, of course, Microsoft being in the midst of negotiations to acquire Activision Blizzard, they're getting to announce lots of stuff coming from them, and they did show off a new trailer for Overwatch 2, but guess what? It was for Season 6. That's right. At the time, we didn't even have the details on Season 5 just yet, and they announced Season 6 and everything that's coming with it. So, after that, days after that, they then, of course, announced Season 5 and tell us all about it. But it was a crazy time to be alive. It was a whirlwind of excitement. We now have the details on Season 6 as well. So, without further ado, let's dive into Season 6. Now, of course, I should mention, we don't have all the details for Season 6, but we do have a good breakdown. So, let's get in there and let's take a quick look. Introducing our most exciting season yet, Overwatch 2 Invasion. This is June posted on June 12th at overwatch.blizzard.com. There's a new threat to the world as the invasion of Null Sector begins. The world is thrust into chaos, and it's up to a new generation of heroes to save the day. Overwatch 2 Invasion brings new story missions, an all-new PvP core game mode, new ways to sorry to build on your skills with your favorite heroes, and yes, a new support hero. Find out how you can jump into the action with Overwatch 2 Invasion Ultimate Bundle, earn and collect new legendary skins, and get a head start in the upcoming Null Sector-themed Premium Battle Pass. The rise of Null Sector begins with new story missions. I'm going to pause the article there. So, this is one thing that has been a little bit contentious. Of course, weeks ago, we remember, we heard the announcement that uh, the PvE mode had basically been scrapped. We would still get story missions, but there wouldn't be talent trees, wouldn't be character progression, all this stuff. Well, this is the evolution of that. So, of course, this when they talk about this um, invasion... It seems like it's going to be the PvE story missions, but minus the character progression stuff. So they've kind of repurposed a lot of what we were going to get and packaged it into event modes. I have to assume similar to the Archives event, things like that, um, even if they're a little more robust than that. So that's the little caveat here. So let's read on and hear what they have to say. The Rise of Null Sector begins with new story missions. In Zero Hour, we saw the rogue Omnic group Null Sector invade Paris. It was thanks to Winston, Tracer, May, and a handful of other heroes that the city was saved from destruction. However, the global invasion has only just begun. Null Sector is bringing utter destruction to every city and seems to have an ulterior motive to kidnap Omnics for an unknown purpose. It's up to the new Overwatch team to find out what their plans are and put a stop to them, but they'll need help from past allies and new faces alike if they hope to stand a chance. In Overwatch 2 Invasion, you and your friends can take on three action-packed missions that take place in Rio de Janeiro, Toronto, and Gothenburg. Massive maps with complex objectives and an in-depth storyline that will guide you along the way. You'll fight against the intensified forces of Null Sector, who will continue to attack until you've completely dismantled them. Stay alert for challenging enemies that haven't been encountered before, such as the powerful Artillery and the Deadly Stalkers. You can get started on your mission to save the world with the Overwatch 2 Invasion Bundle for 15 US dollars. This bundle includes access to Overwatch 2 Invasion story missions during the season and permanently after, 1,000 Overwatch coins, and then in brackets equal to the premium battle pass, 10 US dollars value, a brand new Sojourn Legendary skin, $19 US value, permanent access to Sojourn as a playable hero for new players, unlocked upon completing story mission challenges. 
The Overwatch 2 inv Invasion Bundle is intended to give new and veteran players alike the opportunity to explore this brand new story arc while giving them additional coins to unlock the premium battle pass or to buy cosmetic content for their favorite hero. You can also upgrade to Overwatch 2 Ultimate Invasion Bundle for $40. You'll have access to the above as well as the Null Sector Premium Battle Pass with 20 Battle Pass skips, $30 USD value, an additional 1,000 Overwatch coins for a total of 2,000 Overwatch coins, $20 value, two additional Legendary skins for Cassidy and Kuriko, $38 US value. Let's just pause there for a second. This caused a bit of a hullabaloo uh, when this was announced because, of course, people were saying, you know, basically, oh, so you're telling us you're not giving us the PvE because, you know, whatever resources and time and everything like that, but you're going to charge us for this battle pass. Now, the interesting thing here is that I think anyone who was reasonable about this, uh, sorry, I said charge for this battle pass. You're going to charge us for this content. The interesting thing is, I don't think, I personally was never under the impression we'd be getting this for free. I did think it would be lumped into the battle pass, the regular battle pass. So buying the premium battle pass, I assumed would give you access to these story missions. It now does seem that essentially what they're saying is you can get the $15, basically the $15 battle pass, which includes the battle pass. Uh, because it gives you a thousand coins so you can use those to buy the battle pass or uh, sorry and the story missions plus you know a couple of other things brand new sojourn legendary skin whatever the point is in the past let's say we spend ten dollars on the battle pass now it seems like you spend fifteen dollars you get a thousand coins which again could be a battle pass if you'd like it to be plus for that extra five dollars you're getting these invasion story missions i think the messaging has overall been very muddled around this. I don't think everyone is understanding that that's the case. Even myself last night on the Ready, Set, Poem podcast when we talked about this, I was not aware of that. I thought that you... The messaging was mixed, that's for sure. It wasn't until I looked into it a lot more closely that I realized essentially what they're saying here is 1,000 Overwatch coins equals premium battle pass. $5 on top of that, you get this story missions. I think that is actually cheaper than I would have expected. I would have thought they would say, okay, if a regular battle pass is $10, then in order to get the story missions, you need to pay $15 on top of that. I would have said, if normal is $10, you're paying $25 at least to get this extra stuff. And guess what? I probably would have been okay with that. Um, you know, I'm still considering it. I'd want to see what the content actually looks like a little bit more before jumping in. But I could swallow that pill. The fact that you're only paying 15 for this actually, to me, sits pretty well. Now, of course, this is U.S. dollars. We are here in Canada. Um, 15 U.S. dollars, I mean, it's probably going to translate, I think, realistically, it'd be closer to 25, but I suspect they'll probably charge 30 for it um, just because that seems to be the way they work with Canada. Um, I, th I can probably convince myself to do this. I, I'm not too outraged by this. Um, I would have liked to see them do more of a goodwill kind of a we know we took away story uh, you know the the character progression that you thought you were getting we know that you thought this was going to be a lot more robust because of that you know um, one thing that I haven't touched on in the article here is uh, I think what's going around right now is that this story mission will be three sort of primary missions uh, each will last you know maybe 30-ish minutes or about that um, so what I 
what I would have thought would be a nice touch would be if they kind of said, okay, look, it's three-story missions. We're going to give everyone one for free. I also think that would have been a really good way to introduce people to this, right? There's a lot of people that will see a price tag on this and just won't bother. I think it would have been really cool if they had said, hey, we're giving you the first mission for free. Or even we're giving you maybe, even if they did like, we're giving you a taste of it. We're giving you the first half of the first mission for free so you can try it out. I think that would have been a really good move in terms of PR, in terms of how they're coming across, in terms of goodwill with the gamers. Um, And overall, I think it would entice some people. Um, It wouldn't surprise me at all if we see that kind of move later on down the line as, you know, interest wanes a little bit and they want to get people back in. I could definitely see them doing that to really kind of hook people back in. But ultimately, they're not doing that. Okay, got to pay up front for it, whatever. They get a little confusing here where they say you can also upgrade to the Ultimate Invasion Bundle, which has the Null Sector Premium Battle Pass. So the fact that they say Null Sector Premium Battle Pass, is that different than the Premium Battle Pass that you can get with your 1,000 coins? I'm really not sure. I think that's the same thing. Uh, You know, up, up above in the first section, they say 1,000 Overwatch coins equal to the premium battle pass. But then down here, they say the Null Sector premium battle pass. That's where I'm getting confused. I think it's the same thing. Um, am I going to spend the $40, which realistically up here in Canada would be about $60 uh, for this this full thing because it gives me two additional legendary skins for Cassidy and Kriko plus an extra 1,000 battle pass co- uh, Sorry, Overwatch coins? I don't think I'm going to go out that far um but again i could see myself doing the 15 or 30 kind of thing so anyways let's continue with the article here and get more into season six all new co-op event in addition to story missions you'll be able to take part in a new bonus co-op mission on king's row explore all new areas of king's the king's row map as you guide a well-armed ts1 pushbot on a mission to leave iggy uh, sorry to save iggy and the rest of the omnic underworld from null sector You'll face new objectives along with new null sector enemies that may somehow feels feel familiar. So this is interesting that they distinguish these two things from one another. It's like the rise of null sector and these new story missions are actually different from this co-op event. So very interesting. I'm very curious to see what the distinction is between these two things. Continuing on from there, turning up the competition with Flashpoint. Also launching with Overwatch 2, Invasion is Flashpoint, a whole new PvP core game mode available for all players in quick play or competitive. This mode will feature two new locales that are Overwatch 2's biggest PvP maps to date. Teams will fight for control of key positions across the map called Flashpoints, aiming to capture three of them before their opponents do. You'll have no time to relax once a point is captured as the next one will already be waiting. Not only will this mode test your mechanical skills, but also your ability to plan ahead. Stopping opponents from moving on to the next flashpoint will be huge, a huge key to victory. So really exciting here. Uh, great to see new maps coming into play for this, and great to see a new game mode. I truly don't think that, I mean, I personally at least didn't really expect any new game modes after they, you know, push was coming. It felt like push was the big, hey, this is Overwatch 2 kind of thing, so I'm a little bit shocked to see this. Will this make it to something like the Overwatch League? Who knows? That's my biggest question about this right now. Continuing on, offer new ways to master your skills. Finally, we're introducing a new way to play and practice with your favorite heroes with 
Hero Mastery Mode. These engaging training courses are specifically designed for each select hero testing your skills with their abilities. Hero Mastery will also feature global leaderboards to showcase the top performing hero masters across the world. Overwatch 2 Invasion will be launching the first courses for a selection of heroes, with more to come in future seasons. The practice range also gets its first major update this season, with a brand new firing range to hone your aim with any hero, including dozens of practice settings and multiple targets to choose from. Both of these updates will be available for all players starting August 10th. I don't have too much to say about that. Pretty self-explanatory, but good to see. Good, good improvements they're making. New to Overwatch 2. If you're new to our universe and looking to jump into the PvP fray, you'll be able to jump in with the Overwatch 2 Hero Collection, available starting on August 10th for $5. US This starter bundle includes access to all four Legacy Heroes, three Legacy Epic skins, along with 1,500 Overwatch credits to purchase additional cosmetics in the Hero Gallery. You can also choose to unlock all of the above, plus the six new six heroes new to Overwatch 2, Sojourn Junker, Queen Kiriko, Ramatra, Lifeweaver, and the new support hero coming August 10th, with the Overwatch 2 complete hero collection for 20 US dollars. You'll also receive 1,000 Overwatch coins to spend in the shop and three legacy legendary skins. Again, they're just giving us new new incentive to join the game if you haven't before which i think is really cool do i think it's going to reach a very wide audience not really but i think it's a good idea new adventures await there's a lot coming when overwatch 2 invasion launches on august 10th we'll be showing gameplay for much of this new content later this summer including during the overwatch 2 invasion reveal live stream live stream on june 21st follow us at play overwatch on twitter for more updates don't forget to keep an eye out for the updates on our newest hero too which will shine more light on in the future. Oh, sorry. Log on to Overwatch 2 starting June 13th for Season 5, featuring a new Mythic skin for Tracer, available in the Premium Battle Pass, along with new game modes and seasonal events for everyone to play. We'll be highlighting what's to come in Season 5 in another blog tomorrow. Again, <laughs> this is the confusing order that they did these things in. So they put this blog post update uh, or up around the time of the microsoft uh, uh, uh conference and everything like that that's why they then at the end of this say yeah we're going to be talking season five tomorrow because as i mentioned season six stuff came first so anyways at the very end of the article there they do have an image of uh the new support hero which is pretty clearly pretty clear to see it's pretty easy to look at this and see most of the details obviously we don't know much um there's lots of speculation that she is peruvian of course that's been rumored for a while um i say she because it does appear to be female but who knows um and yeah i mean it looks to be a pretty cool hero the weapon that it seems to be wielding looks to be some form of a combination between a large sort of sword with maybe a gun kind of feature built in or something to that extent but overall looks very cool so that's kind of your look at season six right now we know a surprising amount about season six for the you know given the fact that we learned about season five after that um so in any case exciting stuff i'm very excited to see how season six turns out uh currently as season five is just getting going again i dipped my toes in a little bit yesterday i'm really excited for prop hunt but i want to complete some of these challenges and kind of you know keep going with overwatch i'm i'm enjoying overwatch and i have been since starwatch uh since the starwatch event or i guess since season four started um i think they're doing some good things with it i think they're making some good changes and there's lots of quality of life stuff that's coming that uh that seems to be really good so anyways 
that's it for season five and six. Now, as I look at the time here, we're already almost at 45 minutes into the episode and we still have the majority of our news articles to get through. So let's jump in there. Um, I do have only a couple uh, um, Overwatch League stories to get to. So I'm actually going to talk about those towards the end of the show just because of the fact that there's so much other news to cover. So I'm kind of lumping the Overwatch League news into one section of its own. So I'm going to jump over to Dexerto.com this time uh, for a, a quick look at the new game mode. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, uh, but this is an article by Jeremy Gone posted on June 14th on Dexerto, which reads, Overwatch 2's next core game mode revealed, Flashpoint release date, how it works more. So of course they talk about Flash or they talked about Flashpoint in the developer blog post that I was just reading through. But this should shed a little more light on it. So of course it comes August 10th. Um, and what we have here is despite no official gameplay from the devs, the announcement post included a short explanation of what we can expect, and it's looking like an official replacement of the assault game mode, aka two control point or two CP. The post explains its gameplay as such, quote. Teams will fight for control of key positions across the map called flashpoints, aiming to capture three of them before their opponents do. Based on their explanation, it seems the game mode will play out similarly to TF2's control point game mode, where opposing teams fight for control points, moving deeper into the map as one side takes control of each point. However, we'll have to wait until Blizzard gives us more information on what the game mode will entail. New Maps Announced with the new game mode, we know it will bring two new maps specifically made for the new objective. Obviously, since the game mode is markedly different from 2CP, the devs couldn't reuse old layouts for the mode, and in the announcement post, we also received a teaser for one new map in the form of a picture. However, other than that, we have not yet received further teasers for the upcoming maps, but we will update you once we know more. Now, I believe we actually have since received uh, more information on that. I believe that we know... Uh, I think in the, even in the article there, they said uh, uh, Gothenburg, Toronto, and another one that I'm forgetting. Um, perhaps India? That could be right. In any case, these maps, from what we've seen, seem to be crazy and look to be really good. So I'm excited for Flashpoint. Um, I, I think in what has been thrown around online is that maybe similar to Hardpoint and Call of Duty, but slightly different. Um, Call, of Duty, Call of Duty is a lot more frenetic game um, and a lot less team focused so I think it doesn't quite translate directly but I mean the, given the fact that they're talking about capturing three points I think it's likely that throughout the course of a match there could be a total of five points um, to capture just in effect to give uh, that you know almost a simulated uh, kind of five rounds or, or best of three uh, sorry best of five um, meaning you need to win three to take the round. So that is that. Now let's jump over here to a quick article this time on Dex Airto, uh, posted on June 14th as well by Jeremy Gone, which reads Overwatch 2 is still getting 2022 Owl Championship skin soon despite seven month wait. For an Overwatch League team to get their very own Grand Finals Championship skin is one of the greatest things a franchise can hope for, as it has solidified your team as one of the few champions in Owl history. So far, three teams, London Spitfire, San Francisco Shock, and Shanghai Dragons, are the recipient... Sorry, the, artic, uh, the article loaded an ad and it bumped my place. ...are the recipient of such honor over the past five seasons of OWL. However, the number should be four, as Dallas Fuel uh, joins the exclusive club of champions last year. 
Now, midway into 2023's Owl season, we finally have an update on when Dallas Fuel's championship skin will be coming. In a Twitter post uh, by the head of the Overwatch League, Sean Miller said, quote, The 2022 Fuel Championship skin is still coming, targeted to be here before Owl 2023 is over, end quote. He did not give any solid dates, only a time frame. So far, the wait has been the longest since Owl started, as most other teams have had theirs unveiled, usually in the March or April of next year, with the Chosen Hero already being revealed. But clearly, we are past those months. So, there you go. Just a little bit of an update on that. I actually completely forgot this skin was coming. Um, they recently released a Moira, I believe it's called Empress maybe, skin uh, that is purchasable with Overwatch League tokens. And I had kind of wondered if that skin was this, but it really didn't seem like it would be. And it had no reference to the Dallas Fuel, so I didn't think it would be. So in any case, stay tuned. That's coming. Next up here... Um, one cool thing that they are now doing in the game, of course, is actually tweaking some of the maps that are, you know, maybe a little bit older at this point. So I've got an article here from Dot Esports this time, written by Michael Czar, posted on June 14th, which reads, Gibraltar isn't the only Overwatch 2 map getting renovations. The Overwatch 2 team informed fans in a June 13th tweet about changes coming to popular escort map Watchpoint Gibraltar. These map changes ranging from new spawn area uh, ex exits, sorry, to added cover on high ground, aim to make the map less frustrating for fans to play both casually and competitively. But those changes aren't the only ones headed fans' ways. In the same thread, lead level designer Ryan Smith implied more maps will get the same treatment. Quote, we'll be doing map, map updates on a more regular basis, the tweet reads. Our goal is to fix historical pain points that players have had in the layouts. Map changes in the Overwatch League franchise have historically been all or nothing. Either a map gets reworked, or it doesn't get many changes, if any. That led to some of the more frustrating maps, like Paris and Horizon Lunar Colony, being removed from the game entirely. Seeing some minor to medium chain size changes like the ones headed to Watchpoint Gibraltar is a nice change of pace for fans. The question is, how will it affect other maps? Classic maps for game modes like Control or Escort haven't received many changes. Ilios, for example, is exactly the same as it was at launch, aside from the collective changes all maps got with the transition from Overwatch to Overwatch 2. This renovation of classic maps like Gibraltar is a nice addition considering it, has rec it was recognized as a map that was tough to attack on all three points. Most of that had to do with the chokes on the second part and the close spawn on the third, but the development team has seemingly recognized that issue and changed the map to suit it. The before and after photos of the map show exactly what's different and how they're trying to make significant changes to Gibraltar. The only question is what changes they might bring to other maps, both old and new. Maps like Havana and Oasis have uh, frustrating elements to them too, with chokes that can easily be labeled as pain points. In the end, we'll only know when these changes are coming from the devs team's announcements. So at one point in the article there, they do have the, uh, the tweet embedded where the team actually showed this off. And if we look at some of these changes, some of them more drastic than others. Uh, for instance, the first one here, we've got a room which has two exits. And it has actually been reworked to actually have, I believe, three exits now with a set of stairs that kind of elevates two of the exits there. We've then got uh, a corner point here. Um, it's kind of hard to describe these. 
um, where they've added an entirely new uh, exit or entrance uh, from a spawn point there, which should make things quite a bit different. So in any case, I think this is great. Um, this is something that, I mean, we've seen other companies do with other online multiplayer shooters and games and things like that. Um, I do really think that it, it helps to change these things on the fly. Obviously, it's been quite a bit of time that uh, these maps have been this way, but I think it's good. You know, again, the team is listening in some way, shape, or form and making changes accordingly. So with all of that, we've actually finished the Overwatch portion of the show, and now we will go into the Overwatch League. But I do want to highlight that, you know, that was a ton of stuff. Um, it's very interesting for my past two episodes to both be talking about how we do not have a ton of information right now. And then for this episode to suddenly be so jam-packed um, is relatively unheard of. Usually we get, you know, it's usually a steady enough that I can make, uh, you know, full episodes. But the past two weeks, man, content was dry. And the funny thing is they were obviously holding on to the season five announcement because they knew the season six announcement was coming. Um, and they didn't want to overshadow that coming to the Microsoft uh, Xbox press conference. So in any case, we had lots to talk about. But let's move on over to the Overwatch League here. The first thing I want to touch on is, of course, some roster changes, which uh, during the Overwatch League offseason, of course, if you're a listener, an avid listener of the show, you know that I, I constantly uh, look at the rosters and, and uh, update as changes occur to them. That doesn't usually happen too frequently in the midseason, but right now, of course, teams are going to the midseason madness and teams are not going to the midseason madness tournament. And those that are not, some of them are making moves. The first one, the Toronto Defiant cuts OG, Speedily, Sam, and of course, assistant coach Wheats. Very interesting stuff here, and this is a pretty significant change. Of course, they now they're you know losing three players and a coach. Um, I believe they only currently have four players right now, which does technically put them below the roster minimum. I think it's very likely we hear something announced quite soon. Likely, by the time you're listening to this, we will already know. Um, just because I think teams, especially these bottom teams that want to see some changes, are really looking to get things in order, get their ducks in a row as we move into the second half of the season and hopefully see some improvement. I think on Toronto's behalf, I think that is certainly something they want to see. You know, this roster was not brought in uh, on a cheap ticket and I think they expected some pretty good performance from them and that has not panned out thus far. So I think Toronto is looking at you know, a mid-season restructure here. I'm hopeful that they can make something work because Lord knows I want to see Toronto winning. The other team that has made a move here is, of course, the Seoul Dynasty, and they have picked up Easy Han. So they actually, oh, I forgot to mention, they actually let go of Prophet. That is P-R-O-P-H-E-T, not Prof-It. Um, and in replacement of him, picked up Easy Han. So that's going to do it for kind of our roster changes, our roster talk with respect to the Overwatch League. But, of course, what would it be without the Hangzhou Spark causing a little more uh, 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 manic, panic, whatever you want to call it, when it comes to the Overwatch League? Of course, this you know doesn't truly affect uh, 
too much, but I do want to highlight this here. So let's head over to Dexerto.com with an article by Luis Mira posted on June 14th, which reads, Hangzhou Spark dealt another blow before Owl midseason madness. In a Twitter post, the Overwatch League announced that because of unforeseen developments regarding immigration requirements, the Spark are unable to attend the event in person and will instead have to play remotely from the team's facility. The league added that it worked tirelessly together with the Spark to try to resolve the visa problem before ultimately settling for a remote solution. Quote, each member of our team really wanted to arrive in Korea to compete in live and to meet our fan adoring fans, the Spark tweeted. It is such a pity that it will not be happening. However, we will still do our best in the upcoming matches remotely. It's another blow for the Chinese team, which has been given the East's number two seed, blah, 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 blah. We talked about that, that last week. So the thing here is this is not the Hangzhou Sparks fault. This is not the Overwatch League's fault. This is, in fact, sort of the Chinese government's fault. Um, apparently, they changed a whole bunch of the uh, um, uh, work visa requirements and things like that. I'm not sure if it's the Chinese government or the Korean government, I should say. Um, but in any case, because of that, the Hangzhou Spark will not be able to leave to play. So... Sad, especially given we already know that Hangzhou has a bit of a situation going on with the whole seeding issue, which, again, we talked about last week. But in any case, that's it for the Spark. They will be playing from their remote facility. Now, that is officially all the news we have to talk about in terms of uh, Overwatch. But ultimately, we do still have to do our pickums and talk a little bit about our upcoming week's matches. Of course, by the time you're listening to this, the Mid-Season Madness Tournament may already have kicked off. So, let's get in there. <laughs> Alright, so I've got my pickums up here. And let's take a look at this bracket. Let's get it going. So, of course, our first matches of the weekend will start on Thursday, June 15th. So, not technically the weekend, but I digress. And we're going to kick things off at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. So uh, that would be 6.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific if you are on the East Coast there. Nope, on the West Coast there. Um, and if you are in Korea, then I want to say they start at like 10 a.m. Well, I guess it'd be 10.30 a.m. realistically. But in any case, uh, quite the time difference there. But ultimately, I think Mountain Time maybe kind of lucks out and has kind of the best timing for these matches. Like, starting matches at 7.30 p.m. is kind of decent, if you ask me. At least for my viewing pleasure. So, let's get in there. Uh, first things first, we have the Florida Mayhem taking on the Hangzhou Spark. Now, uh, I should caveat this with the fact that I have not been following the Eastern region, other than to say I know it is chaos over there. I know there's a lot of strangeness going on. Ultimately, my bracket is going to be pretty biased towards west but i'll try and take into account the east again there are only two teams fighting it out here um so it is what it is you know i'm gonna give it to florida three two next up at 9 p.m we have the boston uprising taking on the houston outlaws this could be an interest uh, this will be an interesting match i'll say that much um i do think boston is on the upswing and i think they have something to prove here but ultimately, I'm giving it to Houston. I'm putting my faith in Houston. I really want Houston to win, mostly because I don't want Boston to win. But I'm giving it to them. Then up top, we move back to... Uh, so we're still in the winner's round. This is now winner's round two. At 10.30 p.m., 
the Florida Mayhem will then take on the Atlanta Reign. So this would be Florida playing its second match of the day, of course. And ultimately, I'm giving this to the Atlanta Reign. I do think it's going to be a bit of a blowout, but I'll give Florida a map and say Reign take it 3-1. After that, at 12 a.m., the Houston Outlaws take on the Soul Infernal. And I think that Houston will take it. Um, I think this could be a close one. I'm a little bit undecided. Um, I want to believe in the Infernal, but I'm going to give it Houston 3-2. That is your Thursday matches. So that's four matches with uh, two teams playing twice. You'll have uh, both of your first two match teams uh winners playing a second time that same day we then move on to friday june 16th starting at 7 p.m our elimination round one according to my bracket now sees the hangzhou spark facing off against the soul infernal i do think soul's gonna take this um i mean i'll be honest i'm gonna go with the plat chat prediction here and just go 3-0 because again i just haven't been following the the east very much then the Boston Uprising taking on the Florida Mayhem. Unfortunately, I do think Boston will win it. I'm going to give Florida two maps just because I want them to do well. But I think Boston's going to take it 3-2. Then our third match of the day on Friday, winners round three. We jump back to the winners round. We see the Atlanta Reign taking on the Houston Outlaws. And I think Atlanta gets this. I'm giving Houston one. But ultimately, I think Atlanta takes us 3-1. Then... That is our 10 p.m. match. And our final match of the Friday, June 16th, is, of course, the Soul Infernal playing against the Boston Uprising. And unfortunately, I think this is where the Soul Infernal drop out. I'm going to give it to Boston 3-1, actually. Then we move to Saturday. This is day three of the tournament, and we only have two matches. We have our Elimination Round 3 match, and that sets up, of course, our finals match where the final two teams will play so we've got the boston uprising in my bracket at least facing off against the houston outlaws at 7 p.m that is tough to call i do have houston beating boston there ultimately i think this could be where boston gets their revenge i'm gonna say boston takes it 3-2 knocks houston out and we get to our finals uh saturday june 17th with the Atlanta Reign facing off against the Boston Uprising. Ultimately, I have to give it to Atlanta, and I'm going to say it's a 4-2. It could be a 4-3. I could see it being a 4-3, but I'm going to give it to Atlanta 4-2. Ultimately, Atlanta just so far has shown such little weakness that I think they really are uh, the real deal. All that and a bag of chips and everything. Now, I am locking my predictions in there now, because I don't want these to time out uh, and lose them like I very well could if I don't submit them. So there you have it. Uh, my bracket, you know, looking pretty good so far if you do if I do say so myself. And my bracket sees, of course, the Atlanta Reign winning it out 4-2 over the Boston Uprising. So and that will be it for your week's matches. Of course, that is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, three days of Overwatch, no Overwatch on the Sunday. And then, of course, we go into a bit of a break. I don't believe we actually know the start date for the, um, or, or yeah, for the second half of the Overwatch League season. Um, but I'm sure we'll get those details uh, shortly after, you know, probably, I would say probably two weeks after uh, after the 
tournament concludes. Um, and hopefully we'll get some announcements from, you know, a couple teams, mainly the Toronto Defiant. So anyways, without further ado, let's roll this thing on to the outro. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for episode 112 of One Man Watchpoint. This was, of course, our season five and season six and mid-season madness bracket episode. Of course, we had a ton to talk about. Um, I don't suspect next week's episode will be quite as jam-packed. Very likely that we won't have nearly as much news. Of course, we had to cover season five and season six in this episode. And then, of course, the mid-season madness tournament as well. So we'll, of course, talk about our winners of the mid-season madness tournament next week and maybe, uh, maybe some team announcements, things like that. But we shall see. As always, thank you so much for listening to One Man Watchpoint. You can catch us every week on podcast services everywhere. And if you liked what you heard, please check out the Ready, Set, Poem podcast as well. But ultimately, like, subscribe, share, leave us a review, tell your friends, tweet at me, DM me, whatever you got, and we'll bring it to the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye. Oh, you shouldn't have.